Chapter 20 We left the text to document the remainder of the scene and headed back to my excursion. I pulled an extra laptop out of the back where I kept most of my tools of the trade. Cameras, long-distance listening devices, wires and bugs of different kinds, night vision goggles, and for when things got really bad, a shotgun. I used the computer only when I had a GPS track on a vehicle I needed to follow. Fortunately, it had a slot to read photo discs. Once the computer flickered to life, we went through the first disc, which had disturbing photos of unknown folks. Most lay on the cold linoleum, bound and blindfolded and alone, as if whoever was orchestrating the session had stopped just long enough to take a photo. In one, a tall woman with Rosario's physique stood over a subject. She was already tall, but her thigh-high platform stiletto boots made her even more statuesque. One hand held a whip high above her head, ready to strike, the tip frozen in the air like some poisonous snake. She was dressed in black latex, which made her generous curves stand out, and her hair was pulled back into a swinging ponytail. She wore a mask that covered the upper part of her face, and her lips were painted red, the same shades she'd worn to Anna Maria's funeral. We clicked through the other images on the disc, watching it like it was some pornographic flipbook as the whip repeatedly struck the subject on the back and the camera captured his silent scream. True to what she'd told me, there was never any outright sexual contact. On each numbered image, her hands never touched her client above the knees or below the shoulders. Why would anyone consent to this? Barnes asked. Jesus Christ. The photos or the act itself? Either. When I was trying to set up a date with Mistress Delaney, she requested a credit card and three references. Said it was insurance for her. Maybe this was, too. This is fucking blackmail, Fitz. Somebody got nervous about these photos getting out and killed Anna Maria, then came after Rosario Drayton and the other victim, the secretary. I had to agree, although I was secretly relieved to not find Anna Maria in any of these photos. How many pictures you figure on each one of those damn things? I bet they could hold a couple hundred easily. Why? Who do you think did it? Joe Piccarini, the mayor? I think we need to look at the rest of these before we can make that judgment. There's a couple hundred reasons for murder on every one of these discs. I closed the image on the screen and pushed on the disc to eject it and handed it to Barnes. Hey, did you notice these numbers on these little bastards? He held the disc away from his face, but his arms weren't long enough to see the numbers clearly, even with his reading glasses. Didn't that book you found have a bunch of numbers beside each coded name? I pointed at him in realization. Yeah, they did. What do you want to bet these numbers are listed in there? Let's take a look. I knew you'd finally get me that damn book. I grinned as I pulled the journal from inside my coat and opened it up. Flipping through the pages, I came to poor dead Steve Harrison's. I read Barnes the number beside his name, who searched through the discs for a match. He picked one up. Yeah, try this one. I pushed it into the slot and grimaced as Steve Harrison's face came into focus on the computer screen. Jesus. Barnes turned his head away. That's the way he looked when I walked into his apartment this morning, hogtied with red welts on his back. So apparently he came here on occasion, in addition to Mistress Delaney's house calls. Barnes grimaced. <sighs> what are the numbers for the mayor and the other suspect? I turned my attention back to the journal and read the numbers next to Joe and Pete's coded names aloud. Barnes was silent. Neither one of those numbers match any of these. 
I thought about Anna Maria's ransacked bedroom, the clothing pulled from the drawers, the tufted headboard ripped from the wall and the slashed mattress. Then, the suspect who returned while Carlotta and I were at Puccini's trashed the guest bedroom. Whoever killed her thought Anna Maria had them at her house. Our suspect came for their photo disc. Carlotta said she came back and found the guest room torn up after we went to Puccini's for coffee. She might have torn the place up herself, looking for her husband's disc. He nodded. I think we've just narrowed a suspect pool from possibly hundreds to three. Carlotta and Joe, and the mayor. Barnes pulled a plastic evidence bag from his coat pocket and sealed the discs inside. I handed him the journal, and he dropped it into another one. Marco could be the linchpin in all this. It's even more important that we find him now. You think he could have those discs? He shrugged. Anything's possible. Even if he doesn't, he's got information we need to solve this crime. Go back to your office. We'll take it from here. I can't, Barnes. We gotta find that kid. I gotta find Marco. Before I could do anything else, I headed home to shower and change. When I stepped out of the shower, my cell phone and house phone both showed a voicemail. Please be Marco, I thought as I listened, first on one phone, then the other. It was Alicia, subdued and dejected. The messages were identical. Hey Fitz, it's me. It's over with Connor. He's moving his stuff out this weekend. I'll be in touch when he's gone, okay? I stepped back, relieved I hadn't lost her, yet sad to hear the pain in her voice. I caused this. I'm the man who sent her running into his arms when I was too stupid to see what a prize she was. This time, I wouldn't let her go. I changed into some professional clothes and headed out to find Marco. I cruised around Fawcettville for about an hour. Didn't see him anywhere. Then again, I had only one idea of where I could find him. I pulled up in front of the duplex where his mother lived. The place needed a good paint job, and one of the upstairs windows had a crack across it. The porch's wooden floor was completely bare of stain or paint as I walked up the steps. A molded lawn chair leaned against the railing, one leg shorter than the others. An empty bottle of Jack and a full ashtray sat on the railing. I put my hand over the ashtray to see how recently someone had smoked there. It was cold. The damn thing had probably been there since fall. I stepped over to the front door and pounded. Marco! Marco, you in there? It's Fitz. Nothing. I tried again. Marco! Marco, it's me. Open the door. The door next door squeaked open. A short, fat old woman with a face like a catcher's mitt waddled onto the porch. She had an old plaid winter coat over her flannel nightgown. She was tethered to an oxygen tank, which she dragged behind her. He ain't there. Ain't nobody there. Have you seen him recently? I'm his guardian. He ran away. I'm trying to find him. Well, get in line. You're like the third person to knock on that door. Seriously. Just about ten minutes ago, a cop was here asking me if I'd seen him. There's a bolo out for him. Who else was here? Eh, some suit. A man? A woman? What do they look like? Tall? Short? What color hair? I peppered the old woman with questions. What kind of car were they in? She shrugged. Man. Tall. Uh, light-colored hair. Didn't notice no car. Joe Pecorini. Damn it, Carlotta. What did you drag me into? 
He had a limp, too. <laughs> I remember that. A limp. The only time I saw Joe, he'd been sitting down. He looked at ease as he sat that day in the truck stop. Someone who was probably somewhat athletic. Maybe not a triathlete, but somebody who could spend a Saturday on the golf course with ease. I thought of Doc Lamberto's description of Steve Harrison's injuries. His teeth were also broken off, but a number of them were still inside his mouth. I'm assuming they were kicked in while he was begging for his life. Could that have caused a limp? Hmm, maybe. But Joe's connection to this whole mess was through Anna Maria, not Rosario. And how could he know Steve Harrison, who was Mr. Stellani's client? Why would he be chasing down Marco, unless he was the one who killed Anna Maria? Okay, thanks. Back in my excursion, I called Carlotta's cell. No answer. Where would she be? She'd never ignored my calls before. She could be on the run with Joe. She could be sheltering him, providing his alibi after he shot either Steve or Julia and Rosario. She could also have been the one to pull the trigger. She is the only one who knew Marco's connection to her sister, who knew that he was living with me. She saw the coded journal when I pulled it from the closet wall safe. She claimed to not know what Anna Maria's second job was, but she sure enjoyed the travel it paid for. What about Mia? Where was she? I dialed Mia's cell phone. That call went straight to voicemail as well. If Pete was responsible for these murders, was she in any danger? She was angry enough with him to refuse to provide an alibi. If she did that, would he hurt her? Or even kill her? Before I went into the office, I felt like I should cruise by the Sadkowskis and check on her, just to make sure. It was also time to fill the mayor's wife in on what her husband had been up to. Flashy Pete's Cadillac wasn't in the driveway when I pulled up. I leaned on the doorbell, hearing it echo through the house. Fear grew in my gut as I waited for Mia to come to the door. <sighs> Shit. He's got her. He's got her and she's in danger. I spun on my heel, heading back to my SUV, ready to call Barnes. And I stopped as the door behind me squeaked open. Hi, Fitz. It was Mia, wrapped in a bathrobe and toweling her hair dry. I didn't expect you to come by. I figured you'd just call me back. It's been a rough morning. Hey, is, uh, is Pete around? No. We had a rough time last night ourselves. I told your assistant. She opened the door to let me in. He slept on the couch, then went into work really early. After that, he was supposed to head over to City Hall. Why? What's up? I followed her through her house back to her kitchen. Steve Harrison's murder happened early this morning. How early did he leave? I don't know. He does that a lot, especially when we argue. There was a pot of coffee and a note on the kitchen counter when I woke up. He's trying to make it up to me. She poured us both a cup and invited me to sit down at the kitchen table. Mary Margaret told me you'd called. What did you argue about? She shrugged. He came home late again last night, and I just had it. It got out of control. I told him I'd hired a detective to find out what he was up to, and he lost it. Did he get physical with you? She shook her head. He knows I'd go straight to the police, and his political career would be over. I've had it, Fitz. I don't care who he's sleeping with anymore. I just want out. You don't have to tail him. Just send me a bill, and I'll write you a check. He knows I hired you. I don't think he'll confront you, but you should know. It's nothing I can't deal with. This happened a lot in domestic cases. It kicked the cat and mouse shit up a notch and made me step up my surveillance game. 
Eventually, somebody makes a mistake. And it wasn't me. But that's not exactly why I'm here, Mia. I've found out some stuff you need to hear. This could be deeper than we first thought. A lot deeper. Oh. I started at the beginning. With Anna Maria's murder, the secret journal, and what happened when I followed her husband to the accounting office. I told her about Carla finding the Kinbaku books and the dominatrix clothing. My missing Glock and the letter from Marco. The longer I talked, the more she seemed to shrink into her bathrobe, clutching the coffee mug to her chest. By the time I got to decoding Pete's name, the missing photo discs, and the murders, she had pulled turtle-like deep into the blue terry cloth. One hand clutched the collar close to her throat. The other covered her mouth. So, it's real important you be honest with me, Mia. Do you know a guy named Steve Harrison? Did you ever meet anyone with that name? She nodded her head without removing her hand. Tears were cresting in her eyes. When she finally spoke, her words were soft and muted. He worked at Fairbelt Drilling, right? He was one of the volunteers that worked Pete's election campaign. Faribault sent a lot of guys over to work the campaign, and made donations that would make your eyes water. Pete promised them tax abatements to relocate their administration here in Fawcettville. I know one fracking firm got something here in town. I didn't realize it was Faribault. Groundbreaking is this spring. Steve was found murdered this morning. He was a client of another shooting victim, Rosario Drayton. Rosario got shot too? You know Rosario. I told you, she does our taxes. Did you know Anna Maria Ippolito? Everybody knows Anna Maria, Fitz. Every time she was in a play, we went to see it. Is it possible that Anna Maria threatened him with releasing the photos to shoot that deal in the ass? She shrugged. Her eyes were wide with fear. Would he kill someone? I knew the answer to that. Down deep, we're all capable of murder. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. Does the name Joe Pecorini mean anything to you? No. I don't know that name at all, Fitz. I don't think Pete would kill anybody. He may be an egotistical bastard and a tomcat, but he's not a murderer. Check his office at City Hall. He's got to be there. Please. What if he's not, Mia? What if he's not? She lay her head down on the kitchen table and began to sob. <laughs>